Hey, thank you for joining us today on Uptime Logistics, powered by Cap Logistics. I am your host today, Doug Draper, with the Denver Transportation Club. And we have a, a great guest and a very interesting topic today I'm super excited about. I'd like to introduce uh, Brent Wells. He's the president of ILIF Aircraft out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So yes. Brent, thanks for joining us today. Hey, pleasure to be here. All right. So I mentioned something to Brent before we got started, and he's not going to know what this means, but we'll, it'll be clear at the end of the show. So my over-under on a particular topic is 4.5, so four and a half, right? I'm not going to tell you what that is, Brent, because we'll see if, I, if it comes true, okay? Okay. So we'll start there. Um, anyway, this is great. So the, the topic of the show, um, like I said, is very unique, and, it, and I was super excited to uh, talk about it. it it's a once what a crappy time. subject yes, yes exactly so um i think it's great we're going to talk about uh how to be number one in the number two business in uh aviation laboratories so uh that, that's awesome brent i can't give the due deal you know the the due justice of explaining your business and who you are so let's just start in a couple different ways one uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your background. I know that you purchased the company uh, some many years ago and kind of how that evolved. There was a good story behind that. Sure. And then a little bit about what um, ILIF uh, Aircraft actually does. So let's just kind of get that on the table and then we'll go from there. Well, uh, to start off myself, uh, I come from a industrial maintenance background uh, back in the day and going through selling nuts and bolts. And so uh, this opportunity came through um, with a family uh, opportunity where um, <clears throat> my mother-in-law was married to the gentleman that owned this company. He started it in 1964 and uh, he passed away in February, 2011. And so when, when uh, uh, he, she received a company, she needed some help in trying to figure out how to run this company. And so I came from um, uh, a regional director position from another company out of Chicago, and I was able to walk into this and have at least some type of background because I had uh, started my uh, pilot's training back in well, a long time ago. And so aviation's always been something I've always been interested in, in either learning to fly or remote control airplanes or something like that. So to get into this, uh, it was pretty awesome, um, and one of the great things about it is, uh, so I was learning something that I had at least some knowledge and passion about, and my favorite thing about taking over the company is that I had to get my pilot's license. So I started training uh, to get my pilot's license because when we first started out, uh, we actually still worked on general aviation aircraft, um, but uh, the waste and water uh, components, we were still doing that. So it was kind of a dual shop. The, uh, that program started back in 1988 and kind of worked into where it is, uh, uh, where it was as February of 2011. When we took over the shop, it was in a massive disarray and uh, we were able to get it turned around with kind of uh, my wife's background is uh, she's an organizational master so my wife and I owned the business together and she just uh, helped organize it. We had hired a guy from UPS uh, that had retired. He was an organizational master. And so it, it, it's been a real uh, kind of labor of love to get to where we are today. Um, and then, so when we 
about uh, in 2011, 2012, 2013, we, we did away with the general aviation side of the business and we ended up uh, just focusing on the waste and water components. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we're at today. That's great. Yeah, that's a perfect dovetail in when we were talking before, uh, kind of the business philosophy that uh, you took over to kind of 2011 Correct. when things started really ramping up. And uh, it was an, another aviation company that you made reference to that a lot of people know that have kind of a unique, unique approach. So tell us about the company that you used to model your business and, and, and why you did that. Well, when, when I first started out in my uh, early professional life, I read a book. <laughs> I still have it. It's on my shelf. It's uh, Nuts with Herb Kelleher. And it talked about the Southwest Airlines story and how they really took uh, one, they, they did one thing and did it very well. They fly one style of aircraft. So everything is the same. Everything is, uh, it, it, it was just a unique idea. And so in my early professional career in selling uh, industrial maintenance items, I was not trying to be a generalist. We did one thing, we did it well. And so that kind of stuck with me. And so when we took over uh, ILIF aircraft, we were doing some general aviation, smaller aircraft and things like that. And so, uh, and then we were also doing the waste and water components. And when I say waste and water components, Doug, I'm talking about, um, on a, on a commercial airline like a 737, you're talking about uh, the toilets. You're talking about uh, the waste uh, tanks. So when you flush the toilet, the waste has to go somewhere. And no, it doesn't go out uh, into blue ice somewhere, right? <clears throat> um, so you have a waste holding tank. Uh, you have potable water tanks that uh, when you go to wash your hands on the uh, aircraft, that's the water that's come out. It's just like, you know, tap water. It's, uh, it's good water. And so all of this, uh, you know, all of this to be said, we, we, we really focused more on what we were really good at, and that was the waste and water component. Um, and so in 2013, that's when we really started kind of our, our real push to put ourselves out there in both advertising uh, as well as um, uh, some type of, you know, media presence through, you know, whatever, you know, with our website, we redid our website. We did a lot of these things that helped us beat where we are today. And we got recognized by a company. Uh, and we every single year, we are uh, put against every other repair shop that does, uh, that competes with us. Now, one of the things that's different between anybody else is we just do waste and water components. Uh, there's other shops that may be they do five or six of those waste and water components, but they also do a 200, you know, different other components or a thousand different components. So we just focus on that. And over the last 11 years, that is exactly what people know us for. And so Southwest Airlines heard Kelleher, you know, I had a call from Southwest Airlines that uh, they wanted us to do their lavatories as a outsource shop. And so we pulled the CMM, which is a component maintenance manual for that lavatory and it had all these different types of things in it. it had the, uh, um, the coffee maker, you know, the oven, all these different things in there. So it was, as well as the composite work uh, to put the, the drawers and things back in. And we really looked at that hard because it was going to be a substantial amount of money to us and 
uh, we just couldn't do it well. And so that if you can't do something well, then you just don't want to do it. I mean, that's Southwest, that's Herb Kelleher's. You can't do it well, don't do it. So I actually made the phone call to the guy at Southwest Airlines and let him know, hey, I, I got to tell you, and my exact words were, Herb Kelleher would kill me if I took this job without knowing that we could do it well. And I got to tell you, we're not there. We can't do it well, and I don't want to fail. And the guy said, "You have more respect. I have more respect for you calling me and telling me that." And they found us uh, some more work that was in our wheelhouse. Uh, that you answered my next question, which was, "How, how did somebody reply to that?" Because um, you know, generally, you don't want to say no in most instances. But you know what? That was the right thing to do at the time. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, not being a generalist, right? And um, really focusing on what you're focusing. We had talked about. Um, the turn, you had mentioned that you, uh, one of the successes with the organization and taking that approach was uh, a 54 day turn down to 10 days or less. And so mm -hmm. maybe that's a great example of what you mean by turn and what exactly did you take from seven weeks down to a week and a half, you know, talk <laughs> about that. Cause that, that's a real success of being a specialist, not a generalist. Correct. And one of the things uh, that, uh, and, and it all, you know, Doug, it comes down to culture. So when we took over uh, in any business, when you take over, there is a certain amount of culture. Uh, it's kind of the, what's the word for it? Where, um, um, anyway, where they just do it their way, right? Uh, tribal knowledge. Mm -hmm. So this is the way we've always done it. This is a way, you know, their expectation levels are set. And when we came in and finally got everything to a level, we, we said, listen, uh, we want to do 10 days or less. What do you think they said, Doug? Uh, we can't do that. That's right. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way we can do that. I said, yes, there is a way. Uh, and so uh, we started making the changes that were necessary. We started uh, setting forth the expectation levels and then showing them how through a system, that's one of the largest things that they didn't have here was a system. And so we brought in a new um, software. We uh, put uh, uh, stations in place. And so now everything moves through and it's just been fantastic. And so that's one of the big things is 10 days or less uh, uh, is, is something that most people are like, there's no way they can do that. And, and it is, we can. Uh, and, and that's 10 days or less uh, uh, on average, Doug, because in the aviation world, what people don't understand is, because <laughs> I didn't, you come in and you, there's this globalization where I can get on Google and I can type something in and I can find anything, right? Well, in the aviation world, part number 123A, right? There's only one place in the world that has that. And I thought that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, there's only one place in the world that manufactures that and it's got 170 day lead time on it. Hmm. That's real. And so there's nothing you can do. The person either says, no, I don't want this fixed. Or the person says, okay, well, we'll wait 170 days. That's crazy. But that's, that's how, welcome to aviation. Hmm. Interesting. So when that, uh, I'm sure you got a big pool of uh, duct tape in the back and I'm sure that's not always the solution, right? So, <laughs> right. It, it, and that is an amazing story about how there's one company in the world that may source it. So to get that 54 days down to 10, like what do you do in that situation? Are you just carrying excess inventory? And I, there's Correct. no way you can carry one of each of everything no. that's related to your industry. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, over time, Doug, is you have uh, different aircraft. So, you know, back in the day, 
many of the airlines were flying the uh, McDonnell Douglas, the MD-80. Uh, that was kind of the workhorse. Or the uh, 757, uh, which are still or some being flown today. And then prior to that, uh, you had other aircraft. Well, over time, those, those, uh, those toilets and those uh, faucets and all the, the types of things, they are specific to a generalized group of aircraft. And so you, that, that uh, part number, you know, 26512782821, which is a ball valve, may be on four or five different platforms of aircraft. So you're only doing one ball valve for multiple aircraft. So you, you know what to keep on the shelf because you're continually seeing it come in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's talk about customer expectations. It kind of jives into the, to, to the topic in, in 2020. And it's, um, you know, you can't have a conversation, it seems like, without mentioning Amazon. But, you know, the two-day, uh, if, if I go on a website and I want to buy something and I can't get it in two days, I'm going to leave that website because I know I can find it, find it somewhere else. And right. I bring that up because that's the mindset, not only of us as a consumer buying individual products for me, it's the mindset of business in general, right? Like I don't right. really, I don't really care. I can get this on my doorstep in two days. Why can't I get this part and fix my toilet so I can continue <laughs> right. to move on? So how do you manage that expectation? Cause that's everywhere. It's pervasive in our entire society now because of, of, you know, of, of two day free shipping. Uh, how are you managing the expectations and how are they changed the customer expectations with you? Uh, great question. And they have changed. Uh, one of the things that, uh, so take one of our specific airlines, which is a, uh, a domestic commercial airlines here in the U.S. Uh, they, we are the contract vendor for them. And one of the issues that we run into is they are, um, they had components here in the shop and they said, don't do any work on them, just hold them. So now it's, it's more of a hold and fix. So where they may keep five or six on the shelf, now they're getting down to one or two, maybe they have one on the shelf and now they're like, okay, go ahead and fix that one. And then they'll send another one in. So the, the repair pool or the spares pool, if you will, uh, that are sitting on their shelf uh, has been depleted way down uh, to the point where uh, one of the airlines, because of our turn time, Doug, they, um, they know that if they bring an aircraft in for a, a heavy check, uh, and it's going to take, you know, 30 days to fix that aircraft, that, that they will send that uh, toilet into us, we will fix it, and then have it back in 10 days. And so they don't, they don't keep any, they may keep one um, spare for the whole airline because they know in, in checks that they will send it to us and we'll have it back in plenty of time. Gotcha. So uh, the other one is exchanges have went way up. So, and so if somebody pulls a, uh, a toilet off of an aircraft or a component and they send it in, instead of waiting for that to be repaired, they will just take one that we've already repaired and we'll exchange it to them and they can be up and running in, in quick time. So it's kind of like we keep the spare stock for them mm -hmm. and they send one in that's uh, complete, but it just needs to be overhauled. And then we will send the other out uh, that's already been overhauled to help them in their just-in-time kind of uh, uh, platform. Gotcha. So in that example, who owns the, the that inventory, right? So I have a fleet of, uh, I'm uh, airline A, mm -hmm. and I have a fleet of, of, uh, of, uh, of planes. 
and there's a flux capacitor and I want two of them on there, right? I want two of them on your shelf. So when there's a problem, um, you have the piece there and you can fix it. Who owns that flux capacitor that's sitting on your shelf? Do you own that or is the airline own it? No, we went out uh, years ago and we specifically purchased inventory that we would overhaul and keep in-house. So that's just one of the services that we provide for our customers. So 10 day or less turn times is great. Uh, but also if you have a full already overhauled toilet that's sitting on your shelf ready to go and they can send their broken one in and have it out in one to two days, that's where we win. Gotcha. Do you ever run into situations where you have that for airline A and then airline B um, has a problem and you need that same part because you own the inventory, you could say, I'm going to use it for airline B and not save it for airline A. How, do, how does that work since you we, own it, right? Yeah. So we, we, we purchased, uh, we're correct. And we purchased enough of the, uh, uh, of those specific toilets uh, that we will have uh, three or four ready to go at any time. And a lot of these aircraft, Doug, like um, uh, the, the, the regional carriers, there's only one toilet on that aircraft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's pretty important if we always say the most important things on the aircraft are fuel, a pilot, and a working lavatory. So, <laughs> uh, so that's one of those things. If it's only got one toilet, they want to be able to send it in and have another one go back, and we keep enough in stock so that they will have uh, enough to, to go around. Got it understand good so obviously um, business everybody wants to grow you've improved with your your turn times to get product out to your your customers obviously you want to continue to expand right you still want to be a specialist not a generalist you're trying to grow revenue and Mm -hmm. grow your business so what other areas have you expanded into I know that you know there's the not the space market yet but there's definitely a global market Talk, talk about ways that you've expanded your business without having to be a generalist well, uh, so what other, um, what other types of uh, transportation, Doug, can you think of that has toilets on it? Um, I'm supposed to ask the questions. <laughs> no, Thanks, I, Doug. I, I, how, about, how about trains? Trains, you I was, was uh, going to say buses. Um, buses, exactly. Trains, gotcha. Yeah, so trains and buses, That's uh, it's interesting that the the toilets on buses on long uh, transportation buses are the, basically the same type of design as they are on an aircraft and so that's one of the things we've looked at uh, buses and we've looked at trains because believe it or not the trains also have the same vacuum flush uh, toilet on it so it pulls it down to a waste holding tank much like an air aircraft it's really an interesting but th- I mean the similarities are they just got different part numbers so it's really that's kind of the area we're looking at moving into. Uh, we've kind of looked at some uh, sea uh, vessels, uh, and that's kind of a little bit, that's more like household type of toilets uh, versus to what we're, we are uh, geared to. So, but no, it, 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 I think that that's the, the, the transportation as far as trains. Uh, and then one of the other things is we look at uh, different other components that relate to what we do. Uh, so it may not be in our actual wheelhouse, but it relates such as a, uh, it's called a lavatory uh, vent fan. And it's just, it operates at 21,000 RPM. And it's like the vent fan that you would turn on in your home to vent odor. 
this thing pulls a lot of uh, uh, air in a quick amount of time, and uh, that's actually considered uh, air conditioner and pressurization uh, as chapters are concerned. And but we started doing those because it's a lavatory-based wastewater kind of related item. Gotcha. And in, in all these repairs, um, everything comes to you, right? I'm thinking right. of transportation and logistics. You're, <laughs> right. you're not in a situation to say, hey, I'm going to send you this part and, you know, have the, uh, you know, somebody else uh, put it together for you. I'm assuming everything comes back to you and then you send it back out. Correct. So a plane does not pull up on our ramp here at Tulsa <laughs> International Airport and they go, hey, can you jump on here and fix this toilet? No. Um, but uh, they, they will pull off one that is broken, or let's say your, the faucet continues to run. They'll pull the faucet off. They'll send that, that faucet into us, put another one on that's working. We just do component-related repairs. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, there's the elephant in the room that we're all dealing with nowadays with, uh, with COVID, and, and the world has changed quite a bit. And there's people listening right now that said, hey, that, that's great, but toilets aren't being used as much on, on airplanes. And Again, we talked about expansion into other modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. Has um, the, the COVID pivot uh, or has the COVID situation uh, had you guys pivot into completely different areas? I know it's completely the opposite of, of being a specialist, right. but I'm sure there's things that you've looked at. Um, talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, things that we, I'll tell you uh, what has really helped us out is um, when commercial aircraft weren't flying, uh, what was flying was the freighters. And so we have a good relationship with freighter aircraft and, and really and truly, I mean, it's come back to us that uh, they are, they are sending in more components to us on a broader range uh, that, uh, for example, um, one of the things that we thought we'd never get into that we don't think relates, uh, but we started doing was uh, ovens. (laughs) So, So we actually do ovens now uh, from some other people that have sent us, uh, you know, that that's just something that we never would have thought we got into. And being an uh, FAA repair station, uh, the nice thing about it is uh, we, we are what they call dual release, Doug. And that means we can sign off a component that we repaired and, and returned to service both here in the U.S. And then it's also covered under EASA, which is, most people pronounce YASA or EASA, and that's, that's the European um, uh, Aviation Space Agency. And so uh, that's where that all goes. Oh, in- interesting. Is there um, anything related to, you know, there's a lot of regional players out there, a lot of airlines, and, uh, you know, the, most folks would know of Southwest and United and, and uh, Frontier here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any differences in how regional players, um, I mean, a bathroom's a bathroom. Everybody needs to, to, to take care of business regardless, right. but um, is managing regional fleets versus national or international type of airlines any different? Uh, it is uh, because of the platform of aircraft. You got to remember, so um, with, with the uh, regional carriers, uh, and there's a lot out there, Express Jet, Commute Air, uh, Wisconsin Air, there's a lot of these regional carriers, they, um, they may only have one or two lavatories on their aircraft. So it becomes, whereas a 767 has uh, six, air, six uh, lavatories. So 
So if one of the lavatories on the 767 goes down, no big deal, right? They put an X on it, close it. Uh, if on an Embraer, so there's three main uh, aircraft that's used today, Embraer, Airbus, and Boeing. That's the manufacturers, right? So Embraer is one of the bigger regional carriers and they will, a lot of those, they have one air toilet on their aircraft. And so, or they may have like on, um, uh, like Republic Airlines flies the ERJ-175. It's got two toilets and, and has about 70, 80 people on the aircraft. So uh, that's, that's the difference is they don't have as many facilities uh, to work with. Got it. Got it. Um, we're here with uh, Brent Wells. He's the president of ILIF Aircraft. He's coming to us from, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, so I know exactly where you are. I've been to Tulsa many a time, so it's good to have, good to have you on with us. And uh, we've been talking uh, about his business and how things have changed. Talk about um, the technology aspect of it, right? A lot of people are, uh, regardless this uh, item or this flux capacitor, as we've mentioned in the past, um, can generate 3,000 flushes instead of 1,000 flushes. So is the technology changing um, in your specific um, vertical that is helping or hindering your business as it continues to grow? Well, I will tell you everything's uh, getting uh, more uh, digitalized. And mm -hmm. so as we, uh, as we move into uh, the next phase of aviation, a lot of things are computer related. So we're back in the day, you may have to set it up to a box with lights. So there's a red, green, and yellow light that says, yeah, this is functioning properly. Now it's, you gotta plug it into a computer so that it acts as if it is on the uh, heads up display on the aircraft. Hmm. So there's a lot of computerization, uh, a lot of things that um, are still pretty much basic on pressures and how the flush valves work, but a lot now they're starting to combine a lot of the where a flush valve opens and closes to flush the waste. Now it's uh, and it had an individual motor and it had an individual like brain uh, called a flush control unit. Now it's all one unit instead of three different uh, separate computers. So, so as they bring things down, they're trying to lessen the weight. Uh, there's a new one called a revolution toilet where you're supposed to be able to take a quarter un, uh, you know, basically take it off uh, the piece that's not working, put another one on, take a quarter, screw it back on and uh, plug and play. Uh, that's yet to be seen as an advantage or disadvantage. <laughs> Cause you got to keep a whole lot of parts at your facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, sometimes I refer to, um, uh, the departing shots, right? We're kind of getting to the end of our discussion here sure. and, and there's always some good feedback that you'd like to give the audience related to your industry or some of the, uh, the parts management. Uh, I know that you had a couple of good things you wanted to, to kind of share with the audience. So maybe we could yeah. do that right now. Yeah, that'd Absolutely. be great. Uh, well, as we always say, the aviation community is uh, known as the largest small community uh, in the world uh, because when you're in aviation, it's interesting that you'll know somebody that knows somebody uh, because you're all in aviation. And so it really helps that you can make a phone call and because you're a repair station or you work with, you know, 10 or 15 of the different airlines, they may know somebody that can help you out. And so uh, it's a really tight knit community and it's really nice to, uh, to be part of that. Um, you know, 
as I look at new people coming into aviation, once you get it into your your blood, it's kind of like you, you're just there. You just really enjoy it because the people are great. Everybody has a kind of a, a servant's heart, if you will, because that's what you have to serve the public uh, in flying. And so everybody is part of that whole group. And as a pilot, uh, when I go to take off and I fly uh, myself and family, you know, I'm dealing with people that are, everybody has got the same type of professionalism as a pilot, as the air traffic controller, as the ground crew, everybody's been through the same type of training. So it, to me, it's the most professional business that's uh, out there today. Nice. A little bit like the mafia. Once you're in it, you're not getting out. <laughs> it, uh, it does. Well, I've seen people get out and then two years later, they're back in. So. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. So um, a couple things. So let's, you, you had a coffee mug that you yes. were uh, showing around. You, you, you got to pull that one up because it relates to my comment. So, <laughs> so this, uh, this is a coffee mugs that we give out at trade shows. Uh, we do coffee mugs uh, that uh, people will win these. Uh, we also behind me, you can probably see the gold, uh, the gold toilet award behind me uh, for, for people that do uh, a lot of things we give out. The, this is a, uh, this is a, if you can see it, it's a uh, what we give out our capabilities list on. Okay, it's, a, yeah. it's a toilet that, uh, so we'd like to have fun with a really kind of disgusting part of the aviation world because uh, we're dealing with human waste uh, and we have funny shirts. Uh, this is this year's is uh, <laughs> airplane laboratories, not COVID-19. So uh, we just like to have a, a good time with uh, kind of a, a not so nice uh, type of business. Yeah, nice. Well, that was a setup because I'm woefully wrong with my over under, and the over under was how many potty jokes we could make <laughs> in the industry. So I had four. My mine was four point five, four and a half, and I officially count one, and maybe that shirt's one point five. So we kept it nice and clean, which was which was great. So oh, yeah. You know, Brent, I can't thank you enough for coming on because it is it is a very special industry that people just don't think about, you know, and, and right. you don't think about it until you need it. Um, and uh, and it's interesting. I really appreciate you coming on to uh, Uptime Logistics and, and sharing your story and and uh, and educating the audience. So, well, we really appreciate uh, that. And and as you know, as as we talk about the in, in parting here, you know, there are, are people that uh, in the aviation like Cap Logistics, which is uh, a good partner when you have something that you need to ship like overnight uh, or you need to get done. I mean, that's one of the things uh, as I was going to put in there, when you have an aircraft that cannot fly, that needs something delivered and delivered quick. I mean, we have partners uh, like them that make a real difference in our lives and that of the airlines. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. Well, I'd also like to uh, thank our audience for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. Of course, it's powered by Cap Logistics, and you can find more information about the show in the description below. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel, and please visit caplogistics.com for all customized transportation solutions. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks.